welcome to today's broadcast of Beautiful Life. We are so excited on today's broadcast to have with us Michael Lombardo. Michael, I welcome you to Beautiful Life. Thank We're so you. glad that you can be with us. I'm happy to be here. Um, my viewers know that I love to have guests on that really um, their life showcases the presence and the reality of Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, that he just isn't a statue that we put on our dashboard, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That he is alive, that um, he loves us, he cares about us, and he wants to be intimately uh, and intricately mm. involved in our lives. Yes. And uh, you have a powerful testimony, a wonderful story. Um, we also are going to be talking about your book here, um, Michael's book uh, that we are going to be referring to through the broadcast, uh, or probably I should say the next three broadcasts. We were mm -hmm. so excited <clears throat> uh, this morning when uh, Michael came into the studio um, just talking about some of the things that are in his book. Mm -hmm. It's uh, called Born, uh, Born for More, Experiencing God's Presence in Your Everyday Life, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a, a fabulous title. Um, we, we're going to be highlighting it through the broadcast and uh, have you share with us uh, what's in the book, the powerful message that's in it. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the title because uh, I feel that so many times we think that God is so distant and uh, not really uh, intimately engaged in our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that Christianity is the most practical reality on the planet. Uh, that we, that God's love and his presence and his power and his tangible glory mm -hmm. are something that we're, we are to experience every day. You know, we're, we're a peculiar people, the Bible says. Yes. So um, I want you to, if you could, uh, on today's broadcast, just uh, start uh, telling us your story, how you encountered the Lord, what I know you grew up in a Christian home, mm -hmm. um, but what, uh, what, what happened to you? Just tell us, start telling us your story. Okay, well, my mother, she loved the Lord from, you know, since I was little, I could always hear my mom. She was speaking in tongues over us. She was praying over Yay, us. Yay, that's a all good the mom. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And my dad, you know, he's a casual churchgoer, but he never had like an encounter with the Lord. And his company was going really just, he owned a construction company and it mm -hmm. was going downhill um, for a little while, went through a really rough patch. And my dad was ripe. You know, and my mom right. was praying for him for years and years because they were married for, I don't know how many years, 30 years at that point. Wow. My mom was a strong believer. Evidently, 30 yes. years is a long time to Absolutely. be believing. She got right. saved at a young age. And my dad, you know, he'd go to church. We, we, we would go to Catholic church and, and stuff. And he went pretty much just to, you know, appease God or hope God would bless his company mainly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But at the same time, you know, he went through that rough patch. And um, my mom said, you know what? She started telling about the Lord more. She wrote up a little salvation prayer for him. And he opened up to God and he radically encountered Jesus. And I remember wow. thinking to myself, who is this guy? I'm 14 years old. I'm just starting to get involved with some kids that I shouldn't get involved with. I started doing drugs a little bit. I started wow. drinking. The world really had that draw, started to draw me. Mm -hmm. I was discipled by MTV. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Went to the first church of MTV, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So then, you know, I started to get that bad influence in my right. life. And then I'm seeing, man, 14 years old. And my father is just... Like, who took my father? Like, yeah, where did he go? who are you? Who are you and where's my dad? Exactly. Right. <laughs> and we'd stop at a gas station. And um, I remember one time specifically, we stopped at a gas station. And um, he started telling this guy that was pumping gas all about Jesus. I remember thinking to myself, man, we're going to be late for the movie. I was like, what are you telling this guy about Jesus for for right. 20, 30 minutes? And wow. I remember I made a vow in my heart. I actually said, you know what? This Christian thing, I want nothing to do with it. 
I said, whatever God is, I want the opposite. And I thought, you guys, you know, wow. there's Christians, but you guys are another level. <laughs> you guys are Jesus freaks. And, and you're really going to find out later that it was a good thing they were another level. Exactly, exactly. I'm glad now. I used to tell my mom, oh, yeah, I'll never go to church. I'll never be like you guys. And she's like, wait, just one day, just one day. <laughs> so I started to get involved with some really rough characters, started doing drugs, drinking, like I told you. And, um... I don't know, it got bad. It got worse and worse. How and worse. old were you at this point? 14 years old. Okay. This is when wow, I started you were young. Wow. Yeah, I was really young. I met I met a kid freshman year in high school. That was from a really All it rough takes is one person, right? Yeah. Really? Really, that's all it did take. Wow. So I started getting involved with the wrong people, and it just, I went from doing, you know, from smoking marijuana to harder drugs and harder drugs. Right. They say that it's not a gateway drug. You know, I used to say things like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll never take ecstasy or I'll never. You know, I would, I had these limits that I said, I'll do this, right. but I won't do that. And then over a period of time, you know, weed wasn't good enough anymore. And then someone introduced pills to you. Wow. Then it's like, you know what? Maybe I'll do that, but I'll never do this one. Right. And right. then a year goes by right. you're at, in, in, the, in the perfect setting for it to happen. Someone right. offers it to you. And then it's kind of just a snowball. Wow. You know, you just go lower and lower and keep trying stuff. So for me, my favorite drug actually was ecstasy. And that's a really debilitating drug. It really destroys your brain. And um, wow. I, they call it the love drug because it... Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because when you take it, there's just... It, it, it produces sensations and, and, wow. and love. It makes you... I remember I used to be like, just hug my friends. I'd be like, oh, man, I just want to give you a hug. It makes you actually feel really bold as well. It made you want to wow. do things or able to do things that you never thought you'd be able to do before. And that was a drug that I was really hooked on for for a long period of time. Wow. So what, um, so uh, like how, like how many years were you, did you, was this just through high school or did you go, like have this lifestyle? Like how many years were you in this lifestyle before something it's, began to change? It started at 14 years old and then it just escalated in high school. Um, and then after high school, the parties got crazier. It got worse. Right. Did you go to college? Is that, or did you, did you, you just stayed home and worked or did you actually go to school? My dad owned a construction company. Oh, so, so I just you worked. worked with him. At that time, right. I didn't have any vision for my life. Any goals, right. I didn't have any goals. I didn't know what I did. You just to wanted to hug for. everybody. That's <laughs> You, you were get getting high. a degree in hugging. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get high and just right. have fun and just live my life. Well, when we come back, we're going to take a brief uh, moment here for a message and and when we come back, we're going to hear more of Michael's story. I'm traveling to all 50 states. We're asking Christians to pray, to vote for candidates that stand for biblical values and engage in your community. And I'm going to be sharing the gospel. Join me for the Decision America Tour. We are back here with Michael Lombardo. So, uh, Mike, this is a, just a, a fascinating story. So not only uh, from what I know of your testimony uh, through your book, not only uh, did you have the battle with drugs, but now you were starting to have consequences to the lifestyle that you were living. So tell us more about that, some of the, uh, the consequences, like the depression, et cetera, you began to experience. Yeah, well, sin is fun for a little while. You know, no. I mean? you know the Bible says that the consequences of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Right. So over a period of time, I started to experience, you know, the consequences. I was getting in trouble with the law. I was getting arrested. My, my body was feeling the effects of it wow. and everything. So, you know, it was fun for a little while, but then at the same time, I just wasn't happy. I started to go through a depression. Instead of smoking weed and laughing and having fun with my friends, I started to think, like, 
wow, like what's life all about? I right. started to get all these questions. Like, is this really, I'm spending all my money doing this and then we're just sitting around doing nothing or we're just partying and, you, you know, it's just, what's life all about? Do right, it's like futile, right? Exactly. I mean, wh where, where am I going? Where am I headed? And I'm sure it was your mother's prayers oh, yeah. that were creating that environment, right? Absolutely, the Holy Spirit was tugging on me. Yes. Mom was praying for oh, me. So now great. all these life-altering questions started to come into my mind. And I tried everything to make myself happy. Mm -hmm. I really did. I wow. tried. I tried more drugs. I tried more relationships. I tried to make more money. You know, like maybe right. money. Oh would yeah, that's that's that. that's the next one. That after the drugs <laughs> and the sex, it's the money. Yeah, uh -huh. the, you know, it's really. You know, the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. Well, the devil's the same yesterday and today. That's he, true. You know, his future's very, um, <laughs> very grim. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. just the way that he really seduces us, but into those, into those things because he wants to, Jesus said he wants to destroy our lives, mm -hmm. you know, but what's wonderful is that there's no chain that Jesus can't break. So Amen. tell us how that started to happen with you. Well, I felt like King Solomon. He said, I had this, I had that, I did this, you mm -hmm. know, I was rich, I had wisdom, but he goes, but when it came down to it, all is vanity of vanities. Yeah. And I felt that way because when I got what I wanted, I just felt unfulfilled. Empty, correct. Empty, right. unsatisfied. So I said, like, what's this life all about? So I started to be intrigued by God. I started to say, you know what? I can't pull myself up out of this. And um, I got into a couple car accidents that really... Um, oh, wow. Yeah, life-threatening car accidents. But I actually got out of them scratch-free. The angels, oh my angels protection. Wow. The I like your mother God. to be on my prayer team. You know I, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it was her prayers and God right? the plans he had as well. You know. Well, and your dad too. We can't leave dad out. I'm sure. No, they were praying together, right, speaking right. the word over my life. Even when they didn't see results, they kept speaking the word, speaking the right. word. Both of them for sure. Right. But um, I got into a couple car accidents that really just shook me and said, you know what? I'm I'm getting out of these cars scratch-free. And, um, you know, there, there must be something more. Right, right. So I began to open up my Bible and get intrigued by it. And um, one afternoon, I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I started to get suicidal thoughts because wow. it's just the devil was well, that's, fighting yeah, hard. Right, right. He was fighting hard. God was fighting hard, and so was the devil. Right. Yeah, I mean, he, didn't, he didn't want anything <laughs> to happen. So um, I was in my room, and I dusted off this old Bible that my sister gave me that I never thought I'd ever read. And I opened it up in my room, and I remember just being real with God. I said, God, I need you. I wow. need you now. If you're real, like my parents say, if you're, if you're who you say you are, I need you right now in this situation. I remember crying, just weeping, just, just, wow. just letting it all out before wow. God. And, and as how, I how old are you now, Michael, by, by now? Mm -hmm, 28. 28. Wow. So that I was, was a long, I was 19 years it was like old. a 14. That, wow. Mm -hmm. That's that's a long journey. Wow. Go mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I was just laying it out before God, and I opened up the scriptures, and my eyes fell on Jeremiah, um, where he was saying, weep no more. And he was talking about restoration, not becoming Israel, but I was reading it. It was just jumping off the pages at me. I just that's knew right, it was God right. speaking to me in that moment. I thought I was alone in the room. I really did, but then his right. manifest presence. Oh, wow. People would say, you Ooh. could hear God. You could feel God, right. but I never felt him. I never heard God before right. until that very moment. Wow. I felt his love and And it changed everything, right? Oh, yeah. My depression lifted. I remember feeling the love of God just consume my heart. All my anxieties, my worries, my fears just completely vanished in that moment. Wow. Wow. And I heard God speak for the first time, too. It wasn't a booming voice. It wasn't an angel. You know, God speaks right. through many amazing ways. But it was just an inner voice that said, son, 
I've got plans for your life. Amen. That's wonderful. I, I was waiting. As you're telling me, I'm like, what did he say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if he just said son, yeah, but now, see, that's enough. so Right. It would have been enough. But <laughs> I have plans for you. It's such a simple truth. But, you know, for so many people listening to this broadcast today, that they, they circumstances in their lives in that same place that you were in, because really depression, it's depression is psychologists tell us that depression really is suppressed anger hmm. deep inside there is the anger why am why is my life the way it is why am i failing why mm -hmm. am i not why am i not doing what i should be doing why is why am i experiencing this emotional torture yes. and you feel powerless to change it mm -hmm. but it's at that place of powerlessness and vulnerability mm -hmm that God just goes, oh, now it's time to just, he like swoops in, you know, like those those birds that come down, you know, the gulls or whatever that mm -hmm. come down and just get that, go just under the surface of the water and bring up that that fish, you know? So Absolutely. that's exciting. So um, at that moment, like, did you right away tell your parents and... and I did tell my parents. My mom will always relive the story because um, I was going through a lot of stuff. I was going to court at that time and everything. So I remember one time we came back from court and I was smoking a cigarette and in the front, I encountered <laughs> God, but there were still some issues that hung Oh, on. sure, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, some things fell off me. Drug addiction fell off me right there. I didn't crave a drug since oh, that yeah, moment. Right then, right then, yeah, right? right there. Was... I had no desire for drugs ever again, but there were some things that hung on, the smoking, well, the drinking, sure. the, you know, yeah. all those things took a little bit of time. But I remember I was sitting down smoking a cigarette in my, uh, in my front yard, and my mom walked up to me, and she goes, you know what, Michael, Jesus loves you. And for the first time, I'd always be like, yeah, Mom, Jesus loves me. I know, <laughs> got it. But the first time I looked at her and I said, Mom, I know. And oh, then wow. around the day, I pulled her and some of my family aside, and I told them about my experience. Oh, my gosh, that must have been. Well, being a mom, I know what an experience that must have been for his whole family. When we come back, I'm going to have uh, Michael start to talk to us about what those immediate consequences were, what started to happen in his life as a result of this life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. We'll be right back. Our country is in trouble. Many people look to capitals like this, whether it's Washington, whether it's state level, they are looking for answers to the problems that they have in life. But I can tell you right now, without God, there's no hope. I'm traveling to all 50 states to hold prayer rallies, calling our nation to God. We're calling it the Decision America Tour. We're asking Christians to pray, to vote for candidates that stand for biblical values and engage in your community. I'll challenge Christians to live out their faith at home, in public, and at the ballot box. I believe this next election may be the most important election maybe in the history of our nation. And we can have an impact on this. We're not supporting any candidates, we're not supporting any party, but we want to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. I want people to come to capital steps like this where we're going to pray. And I'm going to preach a gospel message, and I'm going to encourage Christians to stand up and let their voice be heard. So please, get involved in the Decision America Tour. Go to DecisionAmericaTour.com for dates and rallies. Welcome back. We're in our final segment on today's broadcast with Michael. Uh, Michael, uh, you started to tell us uh, in the last um, segment about this wonderful encounter you had with Jesus. But I'm curious, uh, you know, based on what 
your life was like before this encounter, having lived, you know, kind of a wild life or whatever. Um, talk to me about, in our audience, about um, the kind of, clearly there was the joys and the excitement of mm -hmm. this new life. I know what that feels like. Yep. But then there's also um, perhaps, you know, the enemy comes to bring, uh, you know, maybe sorrow or, or as we call it, condemnation about, you know, how we used to live. We, when we encounter the purity and the love and the glory of God, and then, mm -hmm. you know, the enemy wants to drag us back, right, and say, mm -hmm. oh, you can never measure up to that, so mm -hmm. you might as well go back to what you were doing before. So, talk, you know, talk to us about the joys of this new, you know, found experience, but also what any battle that you had surrounding it and how you overcame that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, Obviously, I was born again. You know, I was experiencing God Yay! in a powerful way. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, there was some baggage from my past life still. All of my situation didn't get cleaned up right away. I still right. had some court issues. I still had, you know, my friends. I started to tell them all about Jesus. Some thought. Oh, some, that's the fun part. I yeah. Know, Those that used to smoke pot with, that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some were more accepting. Others right. were like, this guy's weird. We don't hang out with him anymore. Right. But, um... I had this internal battle because now I'm learning how to live this new life, you know? And yes, you're right. There was those glory moments, but then there was those dark times where there was an onslaught of the mm. enemy just lying and whispering things in my ear. And what I had to learn to do was when that was happening to me, I just had to run to God in prayer. I would just, wow. I would just escape That's good. and I would get in my room and I would close my door and I'd put on some worship music and I'd open up my Bible. And it's great because God spoke to me through the Bible the first time I opened it. So now every time I open the Bible, I was expecting to hear from yes, God. Yes, I love that. Yeah, I love it's a that. supernatural yes. book. I know whenever I open this thing, God wants to speak to me. I wasn't trying to build my knowledge or I was just saying, God, I want right. to know you. Right. So I had just those encounters where the depression or the fear would come back. And then his love and his presence would mm. meet me there and he would speak hope into my heart and my spirit. He had to get me away from those old friends too. Right. You know, for a period of time, I had to separate myself. You know, I'd go to a party and I'd feel like, I don't belong here anymore. Right. Like a fish yeah, out of I know. water. Right, exactly. And God would say, this is not where I want you to be right now. I want right. you to get around some good people, some Christian people that can help you out and spur you on. But um, What I'm, about like any, um, did you... Uh, have to work through, uh, I know that you had shared a little bit w with me prior today mm -hmm. um, about having to deal with some shame issues, oh, yeah. right? So oh, tell yeah. us a little bit, because I'm sure mm -hmm. that is, you know, that's a lot of it. That's that's the devil's, he's, he's, he's the master of the shame game. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that your story really gives people the hope that 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 life life can be good and you can be free Absolutely. you don't have to wake up every day thinking oh i have this jesus but oh my gosh what i did before mm -hmm. right yeah well i did have baggage and my sister invited me to church one time and she said might come to church and i was like you know what i love jesus but i'm not sure about church yet right and i was like lord there's these things that happen to me in my life like um, but a year before I accepted Jesus, you know, um, I was in a immoral relationship mm -hmm. and the girl was pregnant and, and we wound up okay. having an abortion. Oh, and that wow. broke my heart because, you know, I always had this wow. innate desire to be a father. I, was, I love kids right. so much. Right. But I was irresponsible. I wasn't ready to be a father and I was unsaved. I didn't get it. So, right. so we right. went along. We had the abortion. And I said, you know what, God, I'm going to go to church today, but speak to me. I need, I need one of these heavy loads off my back today. Wow. And I went to church, Faith Fellowship. 
right. um, in Sayreville, New Jersey. Yes. And um, the whole service went by, and I didn't feel anything from the Lord. And I remember thinking, as a young believer, great God, appreciate it, you know? Right, right. Uh, kind of smug. Especially when you had such a tangible experience, right? Mm -hmm. when, you know, in that encounter in your room. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I think a lot of people really need to know it's like as we as we get older in the Lord and as we are maturing process is mm -hmm. that we're not supposed to live by feelings mm. we're supposed to live by faith we love those when we get the goosebumps and we feel the glory uh -huh. and the tears come or the uh -huh. laughter comes or whatever yep. but in that moment when you're net it's, it's got to be a faith walk for you now around this issue oh yeah absolutely so I said you know what I was I was like aggravated. I went to the bathroom and, <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I went there and then on the speakers, I heard pa uh, Pastor Dave DeMola talking and he started the awards of knowledge. And he said, there's somebody in here who just went through an abortion and you're really carrying a lot of shame because of it. And I said, wow, I said, you know what? That's me. So I ran to the sanctuary and I couldn't yes, get it. The I Holy Spirit found you in the restroom. That's right. That's right. I left it. He caught me right there. So I tried to get in the doors, but some doors were locked and I didn't understand that the middle door is the only one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the, the get, middle door is the only one. I didn't, I didn't get <laughs> When it, you so. can enter the sanctuary. Yes, I've been there. Uh -huh. And if you don't have a friend that's near that door, you can never get in. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I didn't know. So I just went right back to the bathroom. I opened up a stall, I sat there on the toilet, oh. and I just, it's a funny place to have an encounter, but I just said, I just, I just, I don't even remember even saying anything, honestly. I just kind of poured out my heart, and I just felt the love, the acceptance oh, Jesus. of Jesus, and it just like, like a cascading waterfall, just like washed over all the shame, all the guilt, and I just felt the arms of an accepting father, and I left that bathroom never to struggle with shame again about that. Oh my God! And there's actually another really powerful story that goes along with that, because Father's Day, the year later, I was in church, Faith Fellowship again, and they say, you know what, stand up for the fathers, we're going to honor them. Right. So they're clapping, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm not a dad, so I'm just sitting there. And the Holy Spirit, he whispers to me, and he said, happy Father's Day. Oh. And just like a baby, I just started to weep. Oh, just, my goodness, I realized God doesn't just remove our shame. He's an encourager. Yeah, He's a father. Yes. He gave me a hope that I have a child in heaven. And wow. one day I'll be reunited that is, with my child. Yes, boy, that is a powerful story. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope that this uh, just, uh, we, we're going to do two more broadcasts with Michael because there's just, there's so much here that we want to share. But as we close out this broadcast, I, 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 I don't want to miss this opportunity to have Michael pray for those of you that are viewing and listening today. Um, whatever, there is nothing that you have done that is so awful, and, and abortion's up there. Abortion's mm -hmm. the granddaddy of them all, and, and we see before us a man that's been totally transformed, shame lifted, the chain's broken, and he's, uh, we're going to find out that he's, he, he uh, found a beautiful, lovely uh, girl to marry out on the mission field. He's a, he's a father now, a beautiful mm -hmm. baby, Selah. And um, so, Michael, will you just lead... Um, just look into the camera and pray for those mm -hmm. listening today. Could you do that for us Absolutely. as we close the broadcast? My pleasure. Lord, I just thank you for anybody watching this, Lord, that if they're struggling with shame, if they're struggling with guilt, with condemnation, I just pray that your spirit of comfort, your spirit of love, your power would just come and just remove the shame, just break the shackles right now in Jesus' name. That your nearness, thank you, Lord. that your kindness, that your goodness would just be tangible and evident to them. That you're a good God who forgave us of all of our sins, the small ones, the big ones. No sin yes, is too Lord. big for thank Father you. God. On that cross, Jesus took all of our sin. 
on that cross so we could be free and we could live whole. And I just thank you, Lord, if there's some people here who maybe don't know you in a really intimate, close way, I just pray, Lord, that their yes, hearts would Lord. open up like a budding flower to you and that yes, your spirit Lord. would just rest on them and that they would hear your voice, that their ears would be open to hear, that their eyes would be open to see, that their hearts would be soft and sensitive, that they would get to know you, Lord, in a powerful, deep way. And we just release that to them right now. Yes, In Father. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, thank you so much. I hope that you tune in for our next broadcast of Beautiful Life. We're going to have a talk more about Michael's book, more about what the Holy Spirit is doing in the earth right now. As uh, Michael's had the opportunity to uh, go on the mission field and is in a full-time ministry now. So don't forget to tune in. We love you here at Beautiful Life. Email us, log on, leave us messages, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. We love you. God bless you. And don't forget to tune in again. In Born For More, Michael Lombardo illustrates how every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. Until that need is satisfied, we search elsewhere and wind up broken and unfulfilled. This book reveals that you aren't meant to visit God's presence occasionally, but you are called to dwell there continually. Michael uses testimonies from his own journey, as well as revelatory insight from Scripture to open your eyes to the vastness of all that's freely available to you. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us, as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you His beautiful life. So long for now. continuing our three-part series, interview series, with Michael Lombardo. Michael, welcome again to our, our studio today. Yes. We have been having uh, just a wonderful time, uh, even uh, off camera with Michael, as we've been doing this, uh, preparing for this interview. We had a wonderful opportunity today. We had a great time, right? We led mm -hmm. uh, yep. our makeup girl to Jesus Christ today. Right. <laughs> she has been uh, just just the, the sweetest girl. She comes to do um, the makeup here and uh, actually, without going into detail, found her at the mall. And um, <laughs> just I'm, I, as my husband will tell you, I pick up strays here and there. 
But um, anyway, she has just, you know, there's a, there's a saying, right, Michael, mm -hmm. that I don't know if you've heard it, but, uh, you know, you hang around the riverbank long enough, sooner or later you slip in. That's and right. we mm -hmm. had so much fun uh, praying with her today and uh, watching, watching just, you know, the tears come down her eyes and, and seeing her receive Jesus Christ today. She was prime for the plucking. And, mm -hmm. and so are you as you're listening today, that as you're watching and listening to this interview, our prayer is that um, that these wouldn't just be words that we are that we are saying to you. That you will feel the presence of God. Yes. You will feel God's love, God's touch mm -hmm. on their lives. Um, so, Michael, I want to talk more in this uh, episode about your book, Born for More: Experiencing God's Presence in Everyday Life. For those of you in our viewing audience, would like to see. Born for More, Experiencing God's Presence in Your Everyday Life. Um, tell us a little bit of how your, in our last uh, episode, we talked about your journey of, into a, a radical relationship with Jesus Christ, how you were radically transformed mm -hmm. by his love and mm -hmm. how you encountered him after a life of sin and um, depression. Mm -hmm. uh, so on today's broadcast, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, how this book was Burst in your life, and because it's actually that in itself is a powerful testimony mm -hmm. about how you became an author. So let's just let the Holy Spirit go here and start talking. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, for me, growing up, I actually didn't even like reading. I would tell my mom it's with school books. I was like, I, I don't like reading. I'm not good at reading. I'd always say that. And um, like we spoke about in the other interview, like one of right. my favorite drugs was ecstasy. And ecstasy has a, a serious, like, debilitating effect on your brain. It actually causes golf ball size holes to be in your brain. Oh so over goodness. a period of time when I was struggling with depression, I started to develop a minor stutter in certain situations. I wasn't thinking as coherently. Um, I wasn't, my, my creative ability with music, because I play music, that, that was kind of being stunted. And um, so it was a really rough patch in my life. And then once I came to Christ, he began to transform and restore some things in my life. And one thing that is really powerful is that um, this happened like probably a couple weeks into my relationship with him. Right? I just got alone in prayer and then I started to feel just waves like, a, like uh, going through my brain. I started to feel like the wow, hand of God powerful. touching my brain. And I just in that moment, I remember just thinking like, God, I receive your healing. Thank you, Father. I receive your healing. And I just received it in my heart by faith. And then there was multiple times after that where I'd be in prayer, worship, or at church, where I just started to feel this touch just go through my brain. And I knew it was God restoring oh, my brain from fantastic. years of drug abuse. And I started to speak clearly. The stutter was gone. I was able to innovate and, and write and do these things like wow. never before. And then like when I got saved, um, I got this new desire in my heart to write. And I thought to myself, like, write? I don't even like to read. But then I started to, <laughs> right? And then I started to devour the scriptures and devour books from um, mm. various ministers that were anointed that would just build my faith. So I started to love to read. And then, because God spoke that to me, I just started to, by faith, write down the different revelations he was giving me from scripture. I forced myself to write and to continue right. to write. And I remember I really sought God about it. I was like, Lord, if you're, you know, as a young believer, I was like, Lord, if you want me to write, then tell me when. I want to do it right away, you know? Like, you're yeah. just, you just say that God right, starts to show right. you things about your life, and you want to just jump right, right. in. And you're a type A anyway, uh, I Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was in a little bit of a hurry, but God had to slow me down. But um, I really, I went, I, did, I made this radical move. I said, God, I'm going to seek you about this. I went to the woods somewhere near my house, and I was like, God, I'm seeking you until oh, you answer me. How powerful. <laughs> I, I know. I was like, God, I'm taking this seriously. I went, I went away to be with him, and I heard him whisper in my heart seven years. And seven wow. years was about last year when I started writing this book, and there was lots of prophetic words and confirmation on it, and I just 
Well, it really, it, it really is wonderful. Um, and the title of it, Born for More, um, is, I think is so, is so relevant. We, we were actually talking uh, and during the break that uh, you and I were talking about the fact that, you know, there's, so, there's a, a part of the church that is uh, what we like to call nominal Christianity, mm -hmm. or is a good term, you know, church people use, nominal Christianity. I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, um, and I go to church on Sunday, and I'm a, you know, I'm a good person. Even yeah. by grace, I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. But there, there's just such a deep divine flow in the earth right now of the river of God. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, you know, it, it's like that the scripture in Revelation that talks about, you know, he that is thirsty, come and drink of the river of life without cost. Amen. And there is a remnant of God's people mm -hmm. in the earth right now that are hungry for more. Mm -hmm. It's 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 not that God isn't in us, right? Mm -hmm. Or God, or that, um, you know, there's still more of God to have, like somehow there's a piece of him that's floating out in the, you know, universe <laughs> that we don't have in our spirit yet. But it's for me, it's about experiencing more of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. I want his, you know, his power revealed more in me. I want his mm -hmm. love revealed more in me. I want his wisdom revealed more in me. Mm -hmm. And um, that that requires a seeking, you know, that not in a not in a way of uh, drudgery. And you talk about that, that in your book, mm -hmm. not in a way of drudgery or groveling at God. Oh, God, I got to seek you because you're out there and I can't find you. Mm -hmm. But it's the seeking for a treasure, right? Mm -hmm. So when we come back, we are going to just go right into some themes that, uh, that he's written about in this book that I know will whet your appetite for more of God. We'll be right back. In Born for More, Michael Lombardo illustrates how every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. Until that need is satisfied, we search elsewhere and wind up broken and unfulfilled. This book reveals that you aren't meant to visit God's presence occasionally, but you are called to dwell there continually. Michael uses testimonies from his own journey, as well as revelatory insight from Scripture to open your eyes to the vastness of all that's freely available to you. Welcome back. Uh, we're, we're with Michael Lombardo. Michael, um, one of the things that you talk about in your book is about uh, one of the chapters is Jesus, Jesus is enough, Jesus being enough, this whole concept mm -hmm. that once he comes into our life, he is enough. I recently uh, read this, a poll that was done, I think it was back in 2007, 2008 by the Pew Research Center. And in that, uh, in that poll, they found out that 81% of 18 to 25 year olds surveyed in this research poll uh, that was released said getting rich is their generation's most important goal. Wow. The second most important, now that was 81% of that, of the generation mm -hmm. of this uh, 18 to 25 year olds mm -hmm. say getting rich is their primary goal in life. 51% mm -hmm. say they're uh, the second most important goal is to be famous. And mm. I just, you know, and you can see how our culture is breeding that. Just have this, the more weird you are and the more abnormal of a life you have, you're, you know, you'll have a reality show. Mm -hmm. But really underlying it is a quest for significance mm -hmm. and affirmation and acceptance and mm. love. And the generation sees that media 
will give you that, but mm -hmm. it really, it really doesn't. And so it, it's become about the best picture you can put about yourself up or, you know, whatever. But yeah. I thought that that's, we ought to have something deeper, right? And, and I believe this generation, the spirit of God is moving in this generation to recognize that there is more. There's mm -hmm. something, there is more, like your book says, there's more. Mm -hmm. So talk to that, talk about that, 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 that part about Jesus being enough. Well, you know, even in the church world, um, you know, we, we talk about purpose a lot, you know, and purpose in regards to ministry, regards to calling, you know, regards to what we're doing with our lives. It's true. Yeah, and that's great. Praise God for that. But our number one purpose is to know Jesus. Amen. Is to be intimately, you know, intimately connected with him. Right. So, you know, we keep the first thing first. He's our priority to get to know him, to grow in our relationship with him. And then out of that comes our purpose. Out of that comes what we're going to do in this world for him. You know, right. what we're going to put our hand to. What we're He's gonna the goal. With. He's the one thing, right? Come on. Yeah. Amen. And there was a couple times where God really challenged me because when I got saved, there was he began to give me visions about my life and speak to me about my calling. And of course I loved him, but at the same time, it's easy to get focused on what we're doing and you know what we're called to. And I remember one time specifically in my first missions trip, I went to Thailand, Laos, and Malaysia. And when I was in Malaysia, I was in this small little mud hut just in the middle of nowhere. And there was, you know, out of string guitars for worship, little girls hardly singing in tune, <laughs> but the thick glory presence of God. And all of these people just broken, impoverished. This one man specifically, wow. his arms, he was skin and bones and he was lifting his hands to Jesus. And I remember just thinking like, wow, just being undone and overwhelmed. And then Jesus spoke to me and he goes, if I called you to a place like this, to lay down your life for a people like this, would that be okay with you? And I said to my heart, yes, Lord, that'll be okay with you. And he goes, if you never wrote a book, if you never had a speaking right, engagement, right. if you never accomplished something great before the eyes of man, am I enough for you? Right, wow. And it just cut me to the core. He wasn't taking away my dreams. Right, he wasn't taking right. away the things that he gave me and the purpose that he gave me, but he was recalibrating my heart. Yes. He was saying... I am the most important thing. I'm the only thing that could fulfill you. Not cars, not a spouse, not having kids, not right. having a miracle yes. ministry, not having money and being loaded and having a nice home. He's saying, no, me, be in a relationship with me. That's what you're created for. Right. Everything else flows from that. Wow. And that, that tell you, that is very um, encouraging for me to hear that from your generation um, mm -hmm. because, because of what we see in the culture and even what we see in, um, in the expression of ministry in the Western church. Mm. It's, it's all about, you know, finding, we become about what's going to make me successful. What's going to give me visibility. Mm. It, if it's not that, what if God did ask you to just stay in your prayer closet mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, not mm -hmm. lock in your closet, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If God asked you, uh, we were talking uh, at the break too, where I was sharing this, that, um, I heard this quote recently that, achievement is often anonymous. Mm -hmm. How many of us in Western ministry are willing to be anonymous? Mm. We, we want to post every prophetic word we get, every yes. dream we get, every encounter we get, every, every, you know, I'm not against that. That's not what I'm saying, but it's, it's the idea that, you know, I have to do what everybody else is doing because then that's how, that's my purpose is to be successful in mm -hmm. ministry. It's not about pursuing, pursuing that one. I don't even like to use the word one thing. It's that one person. Amen. And that, you know, that's, re that's really uh, encouraging. Um, and, and you also write in your book about, about having that, um, 
that call, about the high call that comes with being a believer, mm -hmm. that once you know that Jesus is enough, your life now becomes motivated by something else besides what mm -hmm. the world dictates should motivate Absolutely. us. So talk to us a little bit about that high call. About four or five years ago, um, I, was, I was actually in Bible school, Christ for the Nations, and I was walking to my class, and I just had an, a vision from the Lord. And the vision was the throne of God, but it was, it was at a distance. And there was an army coming forth from the throne of God. And it spoke to me in a few different ways. Wow. Um, because the army was coming forth from the throne, to me, the throne room speaks of intimacy, a yes. place of intimacy, a face-to-face, right. -face, of unhindered relationship, of being there in his presence. But then they weren't just there. They were coming forth from that place. Yes. So that means there was a commissioning involved. Mm, so yes. once you grow in that intimacy, that high call that the Apostle Paul spoke about in Philippians, he goes, I leave everything behind just to know Jesus Christ. You know, he didn't say it's my miracle ministry. It's all these conversions. He says, I lay everything behind to know him. Yes. So once you have that place of intimacy and relationship, just like in this vision, then God begins to reveal purpose and calling. And there's an anointing and a mantle that goes along with it because you've been with the king. And yes. now you can manifest the king yes, and be him right. in the earth. It's, that's true. It's like a, um, a, I don't, I'm sure you've seen this, the, the old uh, the picture that I saw many years ago, the bride of Christ with yes. army boots. Amen. You know, it, it kind of seems like a contradiction, uh -huh. but, you know, it's being a happy warrior. We have the joy of the Lord, but yet the, the Bible is filled in the New Covenant, in New Testament writings, the, mm -hmm. using militaristic metaphors to describe the bride of Christ. That's right. Well, when we come back on our final segment with Michael, I, I want him to talk to us about how spiritual hunger has, uh, has really been the impetus for his spiritual growth and his ministry and his, uh, and his life. So just stay tuned with us. We'll be right back. In Born For More, Michael Lombardo illustrates how every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. Until that need is satisfied, we search elsewhere and wind up broken and unfulfilled. This book reveals that you aren't meant to visit God's presence occasionally, but you are called to dwell there continually. Michael uses testimonies from his own journey, as well as revelatory insight from Scripture to open your eyes to the vastness of all that's freely available to you. Well, we're back with Michael Lombardo talking about his book, Born for More, Experiencing God's Presence in Everyday Life. Uh, we've had some wonderful uh, things we've talked about already. Uh, one of the things that uh, topics that you covered here, which of course is my favorite, is about divine hunger. Um, and I say, I say, I say it's my favorite with uh, a, a tiny bit of doctrinal trepidation because mm. sometimes people say, "Well, how could you be hungry, hungry when you already have God?" Mm -hmm. Well, I have a. I don't know about you, but. Um, I happen to like chocolate, and one <laughs> M&M isn't enough for me. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I like the whole bag, yeah. right? So uh -huh. when I look at spiritual things, it's just like, it's like once you've tasted of something good, right? It's, mm -hmm. That's the one thing we're, we're permitted to indulge in mm -hmm. is Jesus and his love and his grace and his gifts and the Holy Spirit. And uh, so you write in regards to uh, Divine Hunger, a quote from your book, you wrote that... Um, what are you ask the question, what are you feeding on that the reason so many believers can't maintain spiritual hunger is because they are feeding themselves on so many other things. And you actually used mm. uh, or talked about um, or gave the example of 
your overuse of your cell phone yes. and how God dealt with you even, uh, you know, even about that in terms mm -hmm. of hearing God and whatever. So just talk to, talk to our audience about spiritual hunger. Yeah, well, you know, now in, in, the, in the social media age, you know, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have all these different things. You can get so consumed. You have a smartphone. You can look up any bit of information you could ever possibly want. And it's a good thing. I love my smartphone. Right. I do. I'm on it often. And that's something that God had to challenge me with because I have this phone and I could just flip through social media all day, look at people's posts, say amen to things, <laughs> you know, click like or whatever. Right, and right. then I could be watching videos and videos and videos. And one time specifically, I was, um, I was working for a limo company for a little while when I first got married and um, I was just waiting for the plane to land I was gonna pick someone up from the airport and um, I was just flipping through social media and I heard the Holy Spirit kindly but firmly say you could be spending time with me right now and I thought to myself hmm yeah that's right I could be spending time with you so I just turned off I put my phone down and I just started to pray but then I just got sidetracked I took my phone out again and I just started to flip through it again and I just heard him say like so easily you're sidetracked and I right. thought to myself, man, how, that was like second nature to just open up my phone again. It is. It's, it's almost like habit. Yeah, just like habit. But what was powerful about that story was it isn't just the principle of, you know, not like we're trying to communicate a religious thing. Oh, you yeah. can't be on your cell phone because you have to be thinking Absolutely. about Jesus all the time. Absolutely. It's, it's what you heard. Mm -hmm. when tell, tell the audience what you heard at that time. Yeah. So he said, well, so easily you're preoccupied. So then I'm like, okay. So I put it down. And then I just started praying. I started thanking him and just worshiping him. Spending time with him. Spending right. time with him, yeah. And then I had this encounter with him where he revealed himself as father. And he really just lavished his love on me and his laughter. He was laughing and there was such joy. And then all these things started to pop into my mind about the nation of Cambodia. And I was there about a year before that doing a short-term missions trip. I led a team there of 18 wow. with Iris Global. And then my wife and I were actually in a period of transition. We were praying, so what are we going to do next in this season? And then Cambodia started to pop, pop up in my mind. And then he started to reveal to me that Cambodia is, what's, is where you're going next. Right. And we have some friends there that have a base there. So we're thinking like, wow. And I just remember thinking to myself, if I just stayed preoccupied on my phone, right, right. would I have, maybe would have got to me another way? I don't know. But either way, like God spoke to me something powerful right. and I set myself up for that encounter by not being distracted. Right. There's nothing wrong about a phone. There's nothing evil about a phone. It's just the absorption sometimes right. that we could and, be. Yeah. And you talk about it in the book as well about, which I think is so pivotal, almost like the, the brother Lawrence type mm -hmm. of, uh, of understanding of practicing the presence Immerse. of God that there isn't, okay, there's the time where we go to church or the time where we pray and we're spiritual, but the presence of God is with us all day, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And everything that we do. And the more you taste, the more you want more, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, it may right. start off in a prayer closet. It may start off in a church service, but the more you taste, the more you see, the more you got to have them when you're doing your laundry, when yes. you're in your car, when you're walking your dog, when, we, when you're with your family and right. he begins to just saturate every area of your life with his presence but it starts with hunger with the desire you right, know the desire so to good. know him more sometimes there's something i like to call divine dissatisfaction where god will use a, being in a place of being like man there's there's, there's got to be more i'm just not content where i right, am right. there's like this divine feeling of there's got to be more i'm not content right just to lead you and plunge you into that place of i gotta i gotta experience more of this wonderful god that's with me right and i think that's one of the um one of the beauties of what you've written here is i think you've wonderfully communicated it 
Michael, on to people. Uh, you know, you've talked about uh, there's wonderful chapters in here uh, on several different things. On you talk about soul wholeness. You mm -hmm. talk about rest for a believer. Oh, yeah. um, this is a, a wonderful a book for you to get hold of uh, because it, it it's it's simple in the sense that it's well written, but the themes are simple and things that you can incorporate into your daily life in experiencing God. We actually uh, had the opportunity. We didn't think we had another copy, but we mm -hmm. gave it to. Um, um, to uh, the young the young woman that we just led to the Lord here at the studio, um, that you know to just it's it's the basics. So I encourage you. Um, the book is going to be released. We'll, we'll, we are going to have information for you. Our producer will have information for you on how to um, how how you can get the book. But it's just I think a great gift, and I want to say well done. And I see that uh, Brian Simmons who is just a wonderful minister, uh, the mm -hmm. author of the Passion Translations. Mm -hmm. um, Brian and his wife, Candice, uh, I, I met them at, a, at a, uh, an event at Dr. Wagner's house, and uh, they're just wonderful people. I know he's here on the East Coast mm -hmm. and does a lot of ministry here. It's great to see that you've connected with him. And so as we close out uh, the program today, I'm going to have Michael just pray uh, for our audience again and uh, just just. I like to have um, close out these programs with prayer because it's a great way to end with uh, with an, an expectation mm -hmm. of receiving something mm -hmm. from the Lord. So, mm -hmm. in our next broadcast, which we want to make sure that you tune in on Beautiful Life, in our next broadcast, we are going to have Michael talk to us about the uh, his journey on the mission field, the miraculous uh, that he has seen. The uh, tell us some wonderful miracle stories, mm -hmm. which I love hearing about Jesus uh, doing miracles, and also about you know perhaps some things that he sees for the future of this nation, uh, what his uh, ministry with he and his family is going to be like. So we want you to tune in. But before uh, we we exit this program, Michael, will you just pray for just increased spiritual hunger for those that might be dissatisfied or. Um, they're just, you know, they want another M&M. How about that? They, they want more. So could you pray Amen. as we close out? Awesome. We just thank you, Lord, right now. I just pray for your gift of hunger, that you would just stir hearts that are watching this yes, broadcast Lord right Jesus. now. They know there's more. They're not content with just church as usual, just go in the church, just go into a Bible study. Right, but they want to feel your presence. They want to hear your words, for we live off of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yes. They want to hear your words. They want to abide in you. They want to have that experience where they see into the Spirit and they're able to minister and release that life that they're receiving. So I just pray, God, that they would learn to just receive from you and that, God, if there's things that maybe are just distracting, maybe not bad things, but right, things that Lord. just may be a little bit distracting, that they would learn to pull away and just be with you and make more room and more time for you in their lives. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, for touching them right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Michael, thank you for being with us again today. And we look forward for, uh, to our next broadcast. So don't forget to tune in A Beautiful Life. God bless you and have an awesome day. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us. 
as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you His beautiful life. So long for now. Welcome to Beautiful Life. On today's broadcast, we are going to be having the third part of our interview with Michael Lombardo. Uh, as many of you know uh, or have watched the previous broadcast, he has a powerful testimony of God's transforming love. Here at uh, Kathy Bixel Ministries, uh, we, our heart is to really express um, the reality of Jesus Christ in the lives of people, that he is real, that he's, he's, he's alive, that he has a plan and a purpose and power to bring that plan and purpose to pass in your life. And so as we uh, start our broadcast today, my, my, my hope is that as we hear uh, this uh, final installment of his interview, that you too will be encouraged, inspired to believe for the impossible in your life. So, Michael, it's great to have you with us again. Glad to be here. Glad to be <laughs> we've here. had a we've had a wonderful time off camera and on camera. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Um, I'm I, it just thrills me um, to just see uh, someone of your age just be so uh, gifted uh, in with maturity spiritually um, and emotionally. And I know that that's the Lord. You know, He could. You probably look back sometimes and see your life as a you know, drug, drug addicted, you know, 15, 16 year old, mm -hmm. never thought you would be doing, doing this and living this kind of life. Um, now I, what I'd love to do on today's broadcast is, uh, we talked a lot about your book, um, and your, you know, your journey to faith, but I just, I just want to hear you talk about, um, your life on the mission field and uh, what you're seeing, you know, as a, as a young person today, what you're seeing the Holy Spirit do in the earth and what you're expecting and um, what your hope for the future is and based on the things you've already seen. Mm -hmm. A while back, actually when I was at Christ for the Nations, when I went to Bible school for three years there, um, that's when I started to get introduced to overseas missions. Mm -hmm. A teacher of mine, very prophetic, amazing woman, she um, took me to Thailand, Laos, and Malaysia two years in a row. And um, it was life-changing for me. It was life-altering because we're so used to just the Western world, the church. Right. And then you go out and you see the conditions, you know, of the world. And you, yes. see, you see the poverty firsthand. Yes, it's, it's, true. it's not just on a TV, you know. You see the temples, the massive temples erected to these different gods. And, you know, it's not common for us in America to see an altar on the side of the road and people bowing down and worshiping with incense. Right, right, right. You know? It's true. It's, it's absolutely. And um, before I went on my missions trip, God showed me a picture of the earth. And I saw it glowing, the continents glowing. And God was saying, they're waiting for you. The world is waiting for you. The world is waiting Amen. for you. And for me, that's yeah. not just, uh, the, I took it for myself, but that's believers. He's waiting for the church. He's, He's waiting, waiting for, for us. We're the answer. Amen. Exactly. That's exactly it. So my first mission trip went to Thailand. We wound up going into youth, um, 
into schools or as youth, a bunch of high schoolers, and we preached the gospel to over 3,000 youth. Oh, that must have been so exciting. It was remarkable. There's this missionary just laying down his life, and he, he called the kids up if they wanted to receive Jesus, and so many responded to the altar call. We're preaching next to Buddhist altars, you know, and these kids are just wow. for the first time feeling the love of God. They're crying while, while Jesus is ministering to them, and they wow. were connected to churches so they could grow and thrive in their faith, and even going into Laos, a communist country, where people are being persecuted for their faith. Right. It's just, it was, it was life-changing for me. Now, how much time did you spend over there? Did you just do trips, or were you there for extended periods of time? It started off with short-term trips. Mm -hmm. um, after I graduated Christ for the Nations, I uh, started working with two different missions organizations, GoTo Nations and Iris Global, and I really got stuck Heidi with Bakers, Iris. Or, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Heidi Baker and Roland Baker, they're doing incredible things. Right, the miracles, right. the power, the stuff that they're seeing over there, and the acts of mercy, it's remarkable. They're changing the world. It's true. Yeah, the blind eyes opening, you know, the blind eyes opening, the deaf ears opening. It's just remarkable what I, they're doing. You know, Heidi, I've been in um, se several, several of her meetings um, with um, women on the front lines, other, you know, been in her services, and it's, it's uh, tremendous uh, not even so much her services, which are tremendous because they're not her services. She's mm -hmm. just the vessel. Mm -hmm. It's the Holy Spirit, um, really his services. But I personally believe that her and Roland have single-handedly been the imparters of passion for missions. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, for this generation. Oh, yeah. I know wherever I go, um, the churches I go to and, uh, you know, at, at my age, which my team is always laughing at me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I always say when I tell them a story, I say, oh, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth and they. Mm -hmm. So recently one of them got me a little dinosaur. They go, stop that. You're not that old. But mm -hmm. but, you know, when you when you get on the other side of 50 and you have, you know, you see young 20 and 30 year olds and, you know, you, you, the desire is there. You, you kind of see yourself, you know, what, what you were like, but you mm -hmm. also see, for me personally, I see the increase of the glory of God, yeah. you know, on this generation that should be increasing, right? We, we mm -hmm. should want to propel, you know, I should want to propel you, which is why you're sitting in that chair today. Mm -hmm. You know, I want the audience to see what God is doing in this generation. They are, w w this generation is just not, you know, a tribe of, you know, narcissistic, you know, fame-induced, hungry, mm -hmm. you know, uh, wayward, you know, sitting in their mother's basement, you know, mm -hmm. uh, people, uh, young people that, um, that there really is a, a, a hunger that's arising and it's it's manifesting in a heart to go to the nations and that's when I right. go to these churches and um, I know Cindy Jacobs had prophesied about even young musicianaries and mm -hmm. you see them you know bringing the sound of worship to other countries and it's mm -hmm. exciting what the Lord is doing it really is absolutely people young and old just laying down their lives catching the heart of God and I, yeah, uh, and I recently had a dream. Um, I recently had a dream where it was, it was the the younger generation, but all the gray hairs. Oh yeah. The sanctuary was filled with the gray hairs, but yet it was a new thing that God was doing because we need one another. Absolutely. Your passion is fuels our movement forward because we can be hit with, oh, you're done. You know, you're, you know, there's nothing else to do, but we look at you and go, well, no, no, we're not done. <laughs> we, have, we have more. But also it's the sense that you need our wisdom. Absolutely. You know, we've been through some things. Mm -hmm. So when we return, I'm going to have Michael tell us some miracles. We're going to hear some miracle stories. We'll be right back. In Born for More, Michael Lombardo illustrates how every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. 
Until that need is satisfied, we search elsewhere and wind up broken and unfulfilled. This book reveals that you aren't meant to visit God's presence occasionally, but you are called to dwell there continually. Michael uses testimonies from his own journey, as well as revelatory insight from Scripture to open your eyes to the vastness of all that's freely available to you. Welcome back. We're here with Michael Lombardo. And uh, Michael, when we uh, ended the last segment, I want to hear all about your miracles, but I remembered that what I really want to hear about is how you met your wife in Mozambique. Because um, I think that's, a, you know, just in, in terms of what your history was, how God just restored even that area, uh, area, area of your life, that it's not, it's just not all about ministry. It's mm -hmm. about family. So just tell me how you met her and and um, what's going on now? <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife, we actually met overseas. We met in Mozambique. I tell people that in America, they're like, oh, how'd you meet your wife? I'm like, oh, I met her in Mozambique. They're like, did you bring home a Mozambican? Or like, no. Well, with Iris Global, they have a, have a mission school that's right. focused on the presence of God, relationship with him, but then also doing the stuff, going out there with the poor, visiting the yes. jails, preaching all over Mozambique. So it's a two-in-one school. How long were you there? They're usually nine months because I actually have a spiritual daughter that's growing okay. Uh, what is it, like nine months were you there? Yeah, well, it's a three-month school. Okay. But so I went through the school, and then I staffed two schools. Oh, so altogether, okay. I was there for pretty much 10 months. I did oh, some missions okay. with them right. as well. Okay, so yeah. get to the gory details. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, coming out of a lot of bad relationships in my past life, when I got saved, I was like, you know what, Lord, I want the right one. I don't want to date. I don't want to go looking. So I just had a period of time where I was just like, me and you, Lord, I just focusing Amen. on that stuff. That's great. And then I met my wife doing what I love to do. We were on the missions field. She was a student. I was a staff member. And oh. um, yeah, we were under great leadership that helped guide us along the way. And we were praying like, Lord, is this the one you have for me? I remember just being honest with God saying, God, if it's her, great if it's not i don't want it right. i just want the perfect one that you have for well, me well she is a cutie pie so i i will i will validate that I've she is blessed. the perfect one for you <laughs> god is good <laughs> and her name is selena right and where, selena. where where she where where did she come go to mozambique from where she she's from the states she's or? from texas oh okay oh, yeah. yay texas <laughs> all my texas friends watching this i know you're watching this <laughs> mm -hmm. yep yeah yep. oh, so she came good. from texas and um it's really cool i got actually confirmed our relationship before i even met my wife about three years before I met her, I had a dream that I was in the missions field somewhere, and there was this little girl I knew as my daughter. She was about six, seven years old. And in the dream, she was moving in the Holy Spirit and praying for people and prophesying. And in the dream, I was holding, I picked her up and I was swinging her around and I woke oh. up just feeling such a sweet sense of God's presence. And I knew that her name was going to be Selah which is a word in Psalms, which means to pause and to reflect and to ponder on God. Wow. So I just knew it. And then um, I meet my wife, right? And that night where I said, God, you know, I like this girl, <laughs> but, you know, is this, is this the one you have for me? That night I wound up spending a little bit of time with her, and we actually met doing a little bit of worship together. So we had a guitar, we are doing some worship. Aww. And I How said... spiritually romantic. <laughs> right, right. It's just that, that, that Christian romanticism there. But it is. But, I mean, we, we laugh about it, but... It's how the Lord connects us. I mean, that's a that's a that's a big thing to people oh, right yeah. now is meeting someone to spend the rest of their lives with. And Absolutely. What I think is, I, I it might sound like we're over spiritualizing it, but truly, I mean, I'm listening to your story. I had a dream that I married my husband before I even met him. Mm -hmm. People don't realize how important it is 
to be married to the right person for the rest yes. of your life. Yes. It's I'm just actually tomorrow I'm going to be married 32 years. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. See, I told you it's when dinosaurs walk the earth. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't mean it that way. <laughs> but um yeah, but it's that when you know that there's that and we actually didn't even date very long. We most of our relationship was on paper. But he's still the one that makes me laugh. He's my biggest cheerleader. That's so important. And he loves God. You know, he's, mm -hmm. a, he's a very quiet, he's like John Wayne, you know, he's well, not as big as John Wayne, but he's very, <laughs> he's very, he's quiet. And he, in, you know, as the Bible says, in quietness is his strength. I'm mm -hmm. the yakker, the people lover, the, mm -hmm. I know that sounds terrible. Like he doesn't love people, <laughs> but he loves me. He lets me love them. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, what yeah. it is. He comes in at the end, but, um, uh -huh. but it's so, uh, it's so important for people to, to recognize that, not to worry about finding a spouse that concentrate on following Jesus, yeah. on loving him, worshiping him. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing. I went to Bible school and just said, I'm not dating anybody. I'm not. And I married a golf pro, which had nothing to do with, you know, nothing to do with the ministry. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, go ahead and tell us uh, what then happens, right? After yeah. you get married and everything. Uh -huh. Well, the first of that story, we were, we were worshiping together, right? And then I said, Selah. And she goes, oh, that's my daughter's name. And I was like, wow. Because three oh years earlier, God told me that I was going to have a daughter named Selah. So that was before I ever met her. And then that night I prayed, is she the right one for me? I said, Selah. She said, that's oh my, my daughter's goodness. name. So I was like, I was like, do you want to marry me? And I didn't say anything to her like that. <laughs> I kept it to myself, but I got real awkward. And she was just like, what happened right there? I later like, oh, told her. I don't her, know too much information too yeah, early. But. Yeah. So God, you know, he confirmed our relationship actually through our daughter, which is a beautiful thing. But um, so we got married and we thought we were going to go gung-ho on the mission field right away. We had India in our sights. Wow. And um, God just, he slowed us down in the process. Um, there, we had a hard time getting a visa and I felt like everything was like trudging, trudging, trudging. And um, God spoke to me and he says, don't give birth to an Ishmael. And I was wow. like, wow. wow. He's like, these are promises. We, uh, you're, you're called to go out. But he's like, right now, I want you to be with your wife and spend time with her. And yes, I was active in the church, ministering at different bodies mm -hmm. in America, staying with our calling. But we had that time together. And then, like I said, we went to Cambodia. And that's when she actually got pregnant. We were there for six months. And, oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. So what? So now you're. Now we know that Selah is here. She is. She's out of heaven and she's here. Yes. <laughs> she's out of here. How old is she now? Five months. Wow. Our little beauty. How are you experiencing fatherhood? Wow. I remember even before she even came, my wife was pregnant and I would just, I'd feel her kicking and I was just, my heart was so overwhelmed with love and I, have, I didn't even hold her yet. Right. And I remember thinking like, wow, that's how God feels about us. You know, his heart beats fast and he's just so in love and overwhelmed, you know, wow. by us as his children. And then just now, she's such a beautiful little girl. We put on worship music and she gets, she loves worship. She loves music. Aww. We're seeing little personality traits and stuff. Even at five months, you know, we're seeing a little bit of what she's like. And so well, we're just teaching I think her young. it's so, you know, Michael, I think it's just really a wonderful story. And even in light of what you experienced, what you shared on our earlier broadcast about, you know, about that time period in your life where you mm -hmm. made a decision about a life mm -hmm. and to see that Jesus is the ultimate, the ultimate restorer. Yes. Well, we will be right back in a moment for our final segment of our interview with Michael Lombardo, and uh, we hope you'll tune right back in. In Born for More, Michael Lombardo illustrates how every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. Until that need is satisfied, we search elsewhere and wind up broken and unfulfilled. 
This book reveals that you aren't meant to visit God's presence occasionally, but you are called to dwell there continually. Michael uses testimonies from his own journey, as well as revelatory insight from Scripture to open your eyes to the vastness of all that's freely available to you. Welcome back. Uh, Michael, we are in our last segment, and I have been eagerly awaiting to hear you talk about a lot of the miracles that you've seen, and you've seen a lot of them. So as we were saying in the break, we can't, because we would have to do several episodes more mm -hmm. to hear all the miracles. But uh, just share with us some of them that stand out the most, and, you know, uh, and share with us your heart about Jesus' ability to invade this realm and heal mm. and fix and mm. restore. Yes, amen. Well, I, I like to share this story because it's from my first missions trip. I was very young and wet behind the ears, you know. <laughs> and I was in Thailand in the Church of 60, and, you know, I had, a I had a message on Lazarus. And I was sharing how God will invade the dead areas or the, or the dark areas of our life, and it'll bring resurrection, life, and power. So I shared this story on Lazarus, and then um, doing some ministry time, praying for some people, and there's this lady in the audience who starts to have a seizure. She had to be oh like 60-something years old, and she starts to seize. And my teacher is there with me, who's like my mentor, my spiritual oh, mom. Geez. And I look at her, and I'm like, what do I do? And she looks at me, and she goes, pray for her, pray for her, you crazy? So <laughs> I go over, and the lady goes, and she just breathes her last right there. She died right there on the spot in the middle of the service. They checked her and everything. There was no pulse. We're like, this lady just died. So I look at my teacher again. I'm like, what do I do? She goes, pray, pray, pray. So we got the whole church in intercession. People start praying, crying wow. out. And I just, I didn't know what else to do besides just Speaking put my hand right. on her and say, in Jesus' name, come back. Wow. And I don't remember how long it was. Maybe it was 30 seconds. Maybe it was two minutes. I don't remember. It was so crazy. Right. But then just from just being still with no life, just. Oh. The life came her back, back into her. You know what's so powerful about that? I think of the scripture where the Apostle Paul says that I preach the gospel not in word only, hmm. but in power and the demonstration of the Spirit. Amen. What the Holy Spirit did for those 60 people was demonstrate what you just said and Absolutely. what you had just preached to them. And I bet that stayed with them forever. Oh, yeah, it broke out. Everyone started waving their flags, rejoicing, <laughs> oh, dancing. Flags, yeah, everybody <laughs> broke out to a praise uh, oh, session. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me more. That's a, that's a, that had to be, and that was your first one, right? Mm -hmm. So that might I wonder that's so memorable. Yeah, you know, it's good too because, you know, I didn't feel like a man of faith necessarily. I didn't feel like faith, Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, but it was just the act of just stepping out on what God yes. said we can do. And um, there's another time I was in the Philippines. Uh, for a month, I was with a friend. We're doing some conferences, doing some evangelism. And we, uh, we went to the indigenous people in a southern part of the Philippines. And um, so we're going, and we went up this long mountain, you know, we get there, and it's all indigenous people, poor people. And on the way, we're walking up to this little hut that we're going to have the mm -hmm. meeting in. And I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, I cleanse lepers. And I was like, yeah, you do. I believe that. <laughs> it's in the Bible. You know, okay. I, I, I've never encountered a leper. I didn't think anything of it besides that's a word of truth. Thank wow, you, Lord. I believe that wow. about you. So we get to the service and I wasn't even the one preaching that night. It was my friend. So he was taking the service and he was preaching about the cross and forgiveness. And then he started talking about healing. And the whole little hut was packed out and the whole outside of the huts. There had to be like a hundred or more people. And so there was a strong like affliction on the people, like headaches, heaviness, depression. Wow. So we're praying and people are saying their headaches are going and their, their heaviness is leaving. This one little boy had a fractured wrist. We prayed for him and he started moving his arm wild. So we're like, 
faith well, is really charged in the atmosphere. Right. And then I get a tap on my shoulder, and it's the um, the translator as well as this this lady. I didn't notice anything about her. I was caught up in the moment. And the translator says she has leprosy, and she wants you to pray for her. And in that moment, I thought of the scriptures where Jesus said he was moved with compassion. The Bible oh, says, right? Amen. And I just felt that anointing yeah. of compassion. And I didn't jump, dance, shout, speak in tongues. I just grabbed your hands. Mm. I said, in Jesus' name. And I felt that virtue leave me. You know, like the woman with the issue of blood when she touched him and the power left his body. I just felt like a release come through my hands. And then she just started dancing and rejoicing and speaking uh, her language, saying something. And the translators smile from cheek to cheek. And she says to me, she's saying, I'm cleansed, I'm cleansed, I'm whole, I'm whole. Wow. The whole church broke out again, well, just in rejoicing. That's powerful. I never saw a leper. I didn't know, but in that well, moment. Well, I've actually been to a leper colony in, in, in um, no, not in England. Oh, geez. I'm, I'm in, <laughs> I am in the wrong nation. Um, in India, I was, uh, I was in, a, we actually went to do ministry in a leper colony. And it's, you never forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes just um, the visual to just see the shame mm. and the degradation of their flesh and mm. to just see she. them. That's why I think when we hear the story in the Bible of the 10 lepers and only one came back, I, I always think of that. It, it wasn't like it was people that had ten, like 10 tumors. Mm. It was leprosy because the fact that that gratitude was not expressed mm. after something so yeah. deforming it was mm-hmm. the point that I think that was being made by that story that only one mm-hmm. came back. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's powerful. Now, do you often get asked the question um, about about miracles in America? That here we are talking about Malaysia and all these other countries where yep. you've seen God move. What about America? Does, do we get I to know. have miracles? And- <laughs> <laughs> no, God leaves I don't us know. out. Of this I know, scenario. I know, I know. <laughs> no, but I do get that question a lot. It's like, wow, you go to all these different parts of the world. What about here in America? Not just miracles. How come you go all over the world? And we get all these questions. And, um, you know, I think it's a couple things. One is the fact that over there they have witch doctors. Over there, right. they, over there they worship so many different gods and idols. They have uh, awareness of the spiritual realm that a lot of people in America don't they, because right, of the Greek don't. thinking, right, right. of course. And then also I think a lot of it has to do with hunger as well. They're so, they're so needy. They, right. they, they don't have doctors around the corner. They don't have medicine. You know, some people go blind just because they don't have eye drops or some basic antibacterial wow. medication that they can wow. get. So there's a, there's a desperation there that a lot of people in America don't have, you know, where they just fully trust in God for his, right. his miracle power. But still, there are those who are poor in spirit. We may have a lot in America, right, but there's still right. those who are in poor in spirit. We're seeing miracles here. Even when I was in Christ for the Nations, I was in the evangelism team. So we'd always go out to the homosexual bar district in Dallas and, and we'd wow. go to jail and places like that and miracles are just breaking out because yes. it's just especially one time on Halloween I remember we went we were praying for people in front of this haunted house saying do you want to experience the supernatural and it, <laughs> it, it drew people in the real like, supernatural exactly, the good supernatural the good supernatural because people are drawn to that they're like right, oh it's right. Halloween we want to see something crazy there's this one little boy 14 years old and he had some girls with him and he had a messed up wrist it was all wrapped up and I said do you want God to heal you God will heal you he's a powerful God he loves to heal and he goes okay so we pray for him and he's like well you can tell he's like rolling his eyes and then we pray for him and he starts moving it around just he's like I couldn't even move wow. it he's like a full functioning and we're like that's God he loves you he wants to heal you amen you know oh, but that happened powerful. in Dallas Texas in the Bible Belt right <laughs> and actually we are we are we're in a season right now of just of miracles of, of healing just the testimonies um, that that we're seeing of God really powerfully moving um, across the country mm-hmm. um, doing wonderful things and and that that God has not you know forgotten America even though we mm. we do have as I we talked about 
about before that you know that uh, that I was sharing with you too about this about America or the Western Church I should say not really um, not having a paradigm for the supernatural and mm -hmm. you see why. Honestly, while you see the influx of like uh, Hispanic cultures and African cultures coming into America, there mm -hmm. really are the roots that they have in Pentecostalism mm -hmm. and, um, and their true understanding of the power of God, I think yes. is going to be a benefit to the, to the American church yes. because we, they have a, a concept of that that we don't because we've just learned to rely on reason. Mm -hmm. Well, Michael, I just want to thank you so much for being with us today mm -hmm. and for um, all these episodes. I feel like we could probably do five more, but I think <laughs> our, mouths are, our mouths are tired. Um, we, we are so grateful that you were able to join us for these interviews. And, and my prayer, and I know Michael's was, is that, you know, that, that you experience um, hope and, and, and a fresh uh, revelation of the love of God and that his story will breed hope and, and love in your life, that you will know how real God is. I encourage you to get his book, Born for More. Michael also has um, a website that you can go to. Our, the information for that, our producers will make available for you on a, uh, in a commercial type thing for you to see. But it's uh, from what I understand, it's www.lifepouredoutinternational.org. Uh, is where you can contact Michael. You can find out about uh, where his speaking engagements are, how to get his book, um, and, and just stay in touch with this powerful man of God. I believe that uh, this powerful young man of God, that he, we're going to be hearing about him and his family and what they are imparting to their generation for many, many years to come. God bless you. We here at Beautiful Life, we love you. We thank you for your support financially. We thank you for your prayer support um, and for just being our partners in faith. We love you. God bless you. And don't forget to stay on that pathway, as Psalm 16 says, to your beautiful life. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us, as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you His beautiful life. So long for now.